Growing your trade or service-based business is a function of your ability as a business leader. Yet leadership is not something we're taught, and frankly, most of us make it up as we go, with varying degrees of success. Tune into today's podcast where we outline eight secrets to leadership that will help you grow your business in a way that's fun for you and your team. You're listening to the Profitable Tradie Podcast, where we'll help you turn your business into a money-making machine. We know you're busy, so we'll make it worth your time. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, time is money, and we're here to help you make more of both. So hit the follow button, and let's get started. To the podcast. Hi there, I'm your host, Tony Fraser-Jones, uh, host of the Profitable Tradie Podcast. I almost got that Pro- out there for Profitable Tradie. Thank you, Phil, for helping me out there. Always uh, got my back. You're right. Uh, today's episode is about leadership, and you're a champion, mate. Always helped me with my, um, how do we say, fair to muddling leadership as well, so I appreciate that. <laughs> Phil's the CEO, uh, CEO. I'm the CEO, you're the COO. Let's get that right. <laughs> Chain of command is important. Hey, uh, if we both muddle in different areas, then I think we're We might all right. be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as we're not muddling in the, the same, same area, That's we'll be right. fine. Um, right. So, man, what are we talking about today? Well, basically, we're talking about how to be a good boss. Well, I mean, actually, probably more than that. Uh, we're talking about how to be a good boss who can grow a profitable business, because they might not actually be the same thing, right? Mm. Uh, and we've coached thousands of trading and service business owners, and there's no doubt that the quality of leadership from the business owner has a huge impact on the success and growth of the business. So they say a fish rots from the head first, uh, and this definitely is true uh, if the business has a poor leader, right? Oh, yes, the fish definitely rots from the head. Yeah, we see it in businesses that uh, come and talk to us, and the reverse is true as well. Uh, we can definitely see the things that the top business leaders have. No, these are the people who have large, profitable businesses, and they also have a great lifestyle. That's right. And 100%, there we go. they do things differently for sure. That's right. They definitely do. So we're going to learn how to do those things, I guess. We are. Yeah. Yeah. It should be fun. And uh, I actually have a story this time uh, about how to be a good leader. <laughs> we talked about this before, and we said, yeah. I'll tell the story. Now you're taking it. Where you go, Well, mate. no, you should take it. No, because no, I think you it. know the story I'm going to tell. It's the one about the bulls. Ah. Yeah. Let's see okay. if you knew which story Okay, you, you chip in. All right. And if I get it so wrong. See if you get any details wrong. Yeah. Well, yeah. Chicago Bulls, obviously, in the 90s were an incredible team. Uh, right. I was growing up in the 90s, used to love watching Michael Jordan, uh, Scotty Pippen, and all the other characters, Rodman, and um, uh, who was that other hard man they had? Well, they had a few, bro. Like, my favorite was Steve Kerr. That's the one that you were Steve talking Kerr, about earlier. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, if you've watched uh, The Last Dance, you'll know a lot about this. But uh, in 91, I think the Bulls won. Good team, but really, they were a, a good team with a great player. Uh, Michael uh, J- uh, Jackson. Come on. Michael Jordan. Well, I'm sure he would have been great on the court. You he know, would have. Right? He had some yeah. moves anyway. Yeah. Michael Jordan was uh, incredible. It That's was basically right. good team, pass the ball to Michael, and he'll he'll score. And they won. But the thing is, uh, you know, Phil, Phil Jackson, who's the coach, really worked on building the team. And the team that they had in 97 was an incredible team. That's right. Uh, because they'd learnt to actually work as a team. Michael uh, would pass the ball out to Steve Kerr, who dropped threes in very important games in precious situations, which just made them a far more uh, formidable team. Yeah. And, and it's a team game, and sometimes you, know, you had to sacrifice yourself. Michael Jordan had three players pressing him, and that leaves a lot of other people open. That's right. Uh, so you know, if you want to win at a higher level, I guess the message is you need a great team and leadership and intention around that is a really big part of it. Yeah, and I suppose the the real key here is that, you know, the Bulls still had a leader uh, in 97. Yep. The difference is the leader 
actually learn to be a leader and not just a star. Yeah. And I think that's the key is, um, as you say, it's sacrificing your own input sometimes uh, and learning how to use your team around you. And I think that's really the key in this story. So. Yeah, it's huge. So yeah. it's um, it's about building the team, letting other people shine because that, that builds the strength of the whole team. That's it. Hey, look, you knew the story. I did all right. Too easy. Mate, uh, some problems if we don't do this though, right? Yeah, if you don't learn the secrets of leadership and you're not good at it, I think the first thing is you're going to get really busy and overwhelmed as everything really has to go through you as a business owner. You might be experiencing this already. It's like you feel like you've got to fix every problem. Every time there's a, an issue comes up or an invoice needs to be sorted out, a problem out in the field, whatever it is, employee problem, you're the go-to guy or girl. And that's really exhausting. Now, it's like stress. You know, We can all hold up a cup of water uh, out at arm's length for a minute, but if you try to hold that for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, a few hours, you can't do day. it. You Jeez. break. And yeah. uh, you might be Superman or Superwoman, and you can do that for a little while, weeks, months, maybe even some of you years, but eventually you'll break. That's right. You just get overwhelmed. You'll get frustrated with your team as well as they, they don't perform and they don't show the initiative you want them to because you don't let them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they got no opportunity. because yeah, well, if you, you never take the chains off, the beast can't be a beast, right? Well, if you're the one taking all the shots, when it's their turn to take a shot... They don't know how. They don't know how, or they, yeah. they, they shank it because they're just... You know, stressed, they don't have the experience. Or they just freeze like a deer in the headlights because yep. they're like, why'd you give it to me? Why'd yeah, you yeah. let me do like, it? Ah! <laughs> That's right. Uh, and I think the next thing is, which you may not realise, is you actually struggle to hire and retain the best employees because your culture is not a performance culture for your team. Uh, and uh, your good employees get sick of that. They want to shine. They want responsibility. And lastly, your business actually can't grow and you don't really understand why. You're like, I'm working hard. I'm doing the yards. I'm, I'm a machine. That's right. But you're not building a machine. Well, it's only so hard that you can chop at that tree before you have to sharpen that axe, right? Yeah. Um, so that's um, definitely some issues if you don't get on top of this leadership piece. Yeah, but if we get it right, I mean, a lot to gain. It's, it's magic. Uh, the first thing is you'll you'll learn to delegate and you'll learn how to build a strong team around you so you can actually help you get the stuff done, uh, but you can also grow a business. Uh, yeah. So that that's huge. You'll be able to create a great lifestyle because you've got a team who's stepped up, who have the capability, who have the experience. You can take holidays and vacations. Uh, you can go and you know watch and coach Little League or, or football or whatever you want to do uh, because you've got some time and flexibility. Yeah, that's right. And this is huge uh, because culture is huge for hiring people and the biggest part of culture is the leadership you provide. Mm. Uh, so you'll attract and retain the best talent, which makes life and business way more fun. Like Business is way more fun when you've got great people to work with. That's right. And nobody wants to follow a bad leader. So uh, if you're a good leader, you actually attract rather than um, repel. So. And if you're a bad leader, people just don't follow you. They vote with their feet. That's right. Yeah. Which is walking out the door. And the last thing is you'll actually achieve way more in your business than you ever thought possible That's uh, right. because you're continually enabling other people to step up, which allows you know you to step up as well. And you yep. do things in your business you didn't even believe were possible. Yeah. Well, you're really at that point. You've mastered that concept of leverage, right? So That's right. And leadership is about leverage. That's it. So, lot to gain. Lot well, how do gain. we do it? Let's okay. get into these principles. Yeah, well, there's there's eight principles here. And I think some are like, if you're listening, you'll be like, oh, that's kind of obvious. Uh, and, and it is, but that doesn't make it not true. And no, it doesn't mean it. you're necessarily doing it, because often the obvious is the hardest to do. Well, sometimes you need to do a mix of the obvious and the spectacular, right? I remember that quote from um, Road Less Stupid. Good book. Yeah, you know, it's like, pray to Allah, but uh, still tie up your camel. Tie up your camel, yeah. yeah, yeah so, it's, it's like, dude, you got to do the basics and the spectacular. You can't just do one or the other. If you're just basic, you're boring. If you're just spectacular, you definitely have some holes. So you have to do both. And if you think any of this is obvious, what I'd challenge you to do is think, okay, cool, but are you doing it exceptionally well and consistently? 
Because if it's that obvious, you should be a master at it, right? Well, and that's the thing. Great sports people actually just do the basics really well. They master yeah. the basics and always go back to the basics. That's it. I've got to say something else. I'm always impressed with your recall of uh, stories and quotes, pithy little <laughs> stories. Like I'll, I'll tell you a secret. It's just because uh, I write them down on a little uh, notebook and um, and I just read them every now and then. And then the other thing is I get massive repetition because in all coaching calls, then I'm just it always will feel to somebody probably like I pulled it out of nowhere, but they won't realize I've used it six times this week. So right. <laughs> it's easy to remember, isn't it? Very cunning. I like it. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, um, takes a I'm lot glad to, you're impressed. Takes a lot to impress me, mate. Uh, you're welcome. Anyway. You're thrilled for the day. Uh, yeah, so some of these will be obvious. Some are really counterintuitive to what you'd think. And that's okay because most people actually aren't great leaders and the you know the conventional wisdom, if you like, around this stuff is often actually wrong. Yeah, uh, Most people do things one way, which is why they're not successful. They probably need to do them the other. That's it. Okay. All right, well, get into it. Get First into one. it. Yeah, let's okay. start this list. First one is that there is an inverse relationship between growth and control. Yeah. Uh, so what that means is, if you put it another way, if you want to control everything in your business, it's going to be very difficult to grow. That's it. So... More growth you want, you're going to have to have a little bit less control. If you want to control everything, it's very difficult to grow because you become like a bottleneck. If you think of a bottle, it'll only pour as fast as the the hole will let you. You're that hole, and if everything's got to go through you, it's tough. There's only a certain amount that you can do. Well, if you think about it, the problem with a growing business is that often there's not that many more different tasks that are getting added. You just have such a different scale of the amount of those tasks that are happening. So for example, like when you're early on in your business growth, you know, and it's just you and maybe one or two guys, and you know, you're doing the invoicing, you're doing the pricing, you're doing the scheduling, you're doing all of the admin behind, you're doing all the customer service, you're doing all the sales, you're probably on the tools, you you know, you're doing everything. Uh, you're probably a chief bottle washer too at this point. Yeah. The problem is is um that you get a little bit bigger, you know, up to five, six guys, and there's just that many more bottles to wash figuratively, right? There's that many more invoices to do, there's that many more, you know, you know, jobs to schedule, there's that much more pricing that needs to go out in the first place, there's that much more sales, everything, right? And then you get to 10 guys, and then 20, and then 50, and then 100. And suddenly the point is it's just like along the way, you just have to keep dropping tasks and delegating them to other people or maybe multiple other people because it's the sheer volume. And there's definitely new things that you add to your plate for sure, but it's less about the new things and it's more about the volume because you'll just become a bottleneck again and again yep. and again. And at that point, you must pass the ball. Yeah, and this is scary, and it's it's a, something that you may not see as a business owner. You may not realize how much your need to control is stifling growth because you actually don't see the impacts of it. You don't really see the missed opportunities, yeah, the prices that you didn't do, That's uh, it. The, the new clients you didn't go and see, the people you didn't talk to about working for you because you were having to do all the stuff that actually someone else could do. If you think about it, you, your revenue in your business might be, let's say it's a uh, million dollars, so you're kind of established, you know, you're a small business, but you're kind of established. If you want to get to a $10 million business, you know, maybe you check every invoice in your million dollar business, which I think is something you want to stop doing. But I can tell you for sure, you can't do it in a $10 million business. You'll never get there if that's what you need to do. It's just not possible. No. It is no. not possible. That's uh, right. You probably have two or three people looking at invoices. And here's that's another right. thing. Excess control drives good employees crazy. 100%. It actually stops them learning and making decisions if you're always having to check stuff and be in control of it. Yep. Uh, so you need to flip that on the head and figure out how we can give them control and us take a step back. That doesn't mean we let the business get out of control. 
Mm. Uh, but it's an inverse relationship. Obviously, no control is terrible, but too much control is just as bad. Yeah, and I mean, it's not easy to do. Like, I, I get that. Like, people are going to be letting go of something. Like, I need to know what's happening. You know, if I'm not checking all the invoices, what if the GP's wrong? I'm like, that's why you have KPIs. That's why you have, you know, checks in place, and it's why you have transparency and meetings and hire the right people. Like, there's so much that goes into this um, to help you still be able to keep a finger on the pulse without having to do every little thing or cast your eyes on every little yeah. thing. It's really simple. Inverse relationship between growth and control. Yep. You want growth, you can't control everything. That's uh, it. Simple as that. You want to control everything, you can't have the growth. That's right. All right. Point number two. Let's go. This is a special message for our listeners. If you're feeling overwhelmed with your business, struggling to make a profit, or you just can't seem to get a moment of downtime, we want to help. Book a call with us today for a free coaching session and let us help you turn things around. We'll provide you with actionable tips and strategies to get your business back on track. So don't wait. Book your free coaching session now and let's make your business a success. Just click the link in the show notes to schedule your call and we really look forward to speaking with you soon. All right, point number two, let's go. Let go of your ego. Yeah. Uh, This is huge. Uh, You've got to let your team shine. You do not have to be the best at everything. In fact, it's great if you are not the best at everything. Mm. Uh, An example might be maybe you've managed projects yourself as your business is growing for your key clients Mm. and they've really liked you and you've enjoyed working with them and you've got a sense of um, satisfaction from the good project, but you employ a great project manager. Maybe his name's Phil. (laughs) He's a really good guy. He's probably a swell fellow. Yeah, big shoulders, Yeah, strong guy, a handsome beard, all that sort of stuff. And you get some feedback from the clients. They're like, this feels incredible. You know, you get the feeling that they actually prefer working with Phil than you. Uh, (laughs) Don't take it too personally, mate. Yeah, I'm trying not to. That's an amazing thing. If that happens to you in your business, you are winning. Well, that you is know, not it goes something a to worry further about. Further than that, actually, because then you got to push that down. You want the next level of growth, and figurative Phil uh, needs to also learn that people might like figurative Cam more than him. And at this oh. point, figurative Tony and figurative Phil uh, are both not the favourite. Yeah, you we're crying together. Uh, yeah, and we can yep. make a podcast and make ourselves feel better. You know, That's like, right. And who knows? Uh, so, so you've really got to let other team members shine. You've got to elevate them so that uh, and you're not worried about that because if, if you need to be the go-to person and you get all your jollies and sense of self out of that, it's going to be very hard for you to let other people shine. That's right. And I mean, if you look at it again, like secret number one, it's like, do you want growth or do you want control? Uh, secret number two, do you want growth or do you want to be a star? You, you kind of can't have both. So well, and this is the thing. The great thing about capitalism is if your employees are winning, you as a boss are winning. Yeah, you kind of remain the star, even though technically you shouldn't be. Well, uh, the the money flows uphill in capitalism as well as downhill. That's right. Which is great, right? It's awesome. That's why we like being capitalists. (laughs) There we go. Secret number two, lock away. Secret number three, what do we got? Uh, This is an important one. You've got to play to your strengths. Yeah. So, uh, and this has taken me a long time to realise, and I've got to thank you for helping me with this as well, mate. Uh, It's your business, and you can choose the role that you want to play in it. You know, you can create your own game. Yeah. There's no rule that says you have to do the pricing and the estimating in your business. There's no rule that says you have to manage the projects. There's no rule that says you have to do the sales. Mm. It's all up for grabs. That's it. And you should do what you want to do based on what you like and what you're good at. Yeah. Uh, and like a personal experience here is um, I did a, a wealth dynamics test, uh, which tells you about your, your best sort of entrepreneurial profile. I did it a few years ago. Mm. And uh, I'm a creator profile, which yeah. means I have lots of ideas my, my brain doesn't shut down, which is great, but it's absolute pain in the backside at night sometimes. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's another whole story. We'll get into that. Yep. Um, but very, very intuitive, see patterns, lots of ideas. Some of them are bollocks, but some of them are quite good. And I looked at, at 
you know, this profile and it said, what are the things that really drain energy from me? And one of them was, you know, having to implement projects really hard out. And another one was being in uh, team meetings with team members all day. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I was doing. Both yeah, of those that things. That was your whole job. It was my whole job. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm actually really good at team, at creating culture and vibe and coaching people. But I'm not so good at sitting down having meetings all day. It just, it makes me feel claustrophobic. I just feel hemmed in. Yeah. Whereas you're different. Your your profile is different. Yeah. And you're good at those things. I do meetings all day. It's yeah. My and you're great, you're great at implementing things as yeah. well. So we've created a situation where I can do what I'm good at and Phil has my back's my backside. That doesn't sound yeah, so that good. Yeah, that doesn't sound too good. But uh, I mean, you can have it if you I want. It. I'd, I'd do that for you, mate, <laughs> if it was really necessary. There's just not much of it there, you know. I need a little bit more, like. <laughs> you prefer a bit more meat on the bone. That's right. You know, this is going off. Anyway, off base. Back, back to I apologise to everyone listening. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I kind of don't. It's fun doing it, but you know, mm. uh, if anyone's offended, yeah, um, there you go. Uh, but you can create the, the the your own race course, your own set of rules about how your business is. Now, if you love doing sales, do it. If you don't, get someone else to do it. Totally. Um, create something that works for you, and then complement the people around you. Because if you're a first class you, you'll have a great business. If you know, if you're a second class you, it's not good. Yeah. I think someone said to me once, you know, if you're an orange, be a first rate orange. Don't try and be a second rate apple. Yeah, doesn't work. No. Uh, number four. Number four. Let's do it. Uh, your team should make decisions and take actions that make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. This is always fun. Yeah. yeah. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean we want them to do stuff that annoys us and is stupid. What it means is that they are making decisions and learning and pushing the boundaries. You know, not going way over the boundaries, but they're, they're making decisions that you're like, oh, I feel slightly uncomfortable about that. What are they doing? Where's it heading? What did they spend that money on? Yeah, well, a lot of the time the discomfort actually just comes from that lack of control. So if we think about point number one where you can't have growth and control, you know, past a certain point, um, the big thing is that in this case, that lack of control should make you feel uncomfortable. So if you're not feeling uncomfortable with the decisions that the team are making, then it's probably because you have too much control. So you might have thought you tick box number one, but you actually haven't. Uh, which is why you don't feel uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, And sure, it'll get to a point where you don't feel uncomfortable because you trust the person's ability to do the task because they've done it a thousand plus times and it's always been well done and, you know, like you trust them, they've been with you a long time. Yeah, 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 I get that. But if in that case, if there's nothing about that person that makes you uncomfortable because you trust them so implicitly, then please extend that person because they're probably f- bored. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Phil gets excited sometimes. He drops his little F-bomb here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is important, though, because, uh, you know, you, you have too much control if you're never feeling uncomfortable. That's a barometer of control sort of test thing, if you like. Totally. Uh, and it might be um, you see an invoice come up with a P&L for some equipment that was purchased or a training course or something. You're like, what the heck was that for? What was that 1287 bucks for? Like, And you're like, oh, that yeah. little... Or a grumpy, grumpy feeling on the inside. And if you've yeah. got a larger team, you know what I mean. If you've got a smaller team and you know everything, you'll experience this when you get a larger team. Yeah. Let me tell you. Uh, and you go and talk to your admin office person or whatever, and you're like, oh, this was that. And uh, you're like, oh, okay. And then you go and talk to Phil and you say, what was this about? And he's like, da da da. And you're like, oh, sweet, cool, bro. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, so so that's important. Or maybe maybe it's approving a variation or making well, a call on a project. I guess where, where the person who reports to Figurative Phil uh, has done that to Figurative Phil and then Tony comes in and says, hey, what was this money? And Phil says, get out of my office, man. <laughs> yes. Which, yeah. um, which leads on to secret number five. Let's go. Uh, follow the chain of command. Oh, that's a goodie. This is incredibly important. So important. Once you have, uh, you know, 
managers and then managers of managers. Uh, or even if you've got yourself and an operations manager and then you've got technicians. Mm. You must stick to the chain of command or there's a principle called unity of command. Everyone has one boss. That's it. Only one boss. Now, if you think about it in your house, if you've got uh, yourself and your partner and your kids come and ask you something and you say no and then they go to your partner and they say yes, what happens? <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of problems. Yeah, chaos. Yeah, yeah. And Not just problems with, uh, with the kids, kids but um, problems, problems with you. Problems with the, ah, two, right? with the two leaders. Well, it's yeah. the same thing in a business. Yeah. Uh, if you see something that one of your tradespeople or technicians is doing as the boss and you go to them and chew them out about it or talk to them about it or make suggestions or whatever, you have undermined your manager. You've cut their legs off That's and right. you've damaged their credibility. You must follow the chain of command. So you go and talk to the manager about it and then they go and talk to them about it. You coach the manager. And up the other way as well. So if one That's of it. your technicians has something that they uh, you know have a suggestion or, or something that they'd like to be different or something they've observed, they shouldn't be coming straight to you if there's an ops manager in between. They should be going to the ops manager who comes to you. Um, and again, I just want to make the point that unity of command, everyone has one boss. Uh, don't get this wrong. That doesn't mean it's you. All right? no. That doesn't mean everybody has one boss, which is the you know no, the director. Exactly. Good point. It means they have their boss. So yep. for example, you might have technicians who report to tradesmen, who report to foremen, who report to an ops manager, who reports to you, something like that. Or maybe they report to a GM and you report they report to you and you report to a board of directors. Who knows? The point is, is everybody has a boss and only one boss in their mind. And it might be different boss for different people, but everybody has one. Yeah, one boss. Uh, that that Then you can keep the communication going. That's so right. that's super important. And never let that up, that business chat. And again, like personal communication can go all levels and it really should because that's what, uh, you know, is the glue between a good uh, culture. culture. But business chat, um, you know, whether it's accountability, whether it's um, you know, performance chat, or whether it's suggestive chat about things we could improve, that should never jump a level. It only goes at down Bad or up move. one level. Real simple. Follow the chain of command. Everyone's got one boss, and the communication flows through that. That's it. Secret number six. Number six. Your job as the leader is to grow your team. That's it. So, f- you know, first when the business is small, it's, you know, directly – you know, you're working directly with your with your traders, your technicians, and the people on the ground floor, people actually doing the work. Uh, but as you get bigger, your job is to actually grow your management team so they can lead effectively. You know, to get to a million dollars in revenue is really about the hard work that you put in. Mm. To get from one million to 10 million, 15, 20 million, that's about growing a management team yep. that do that work for you. That's and it. so your job as the business gets bigger as a leader is to focus more inwards on mm. growing the teams, creating the environment, uh, rather than outwards. That's the team's job is to do the work. It's mm. their job to, you know, you might still be involved in getting some work and relationships and that's fine, but you have other people doing that as well. That's right. Uh, and if you want to completely free yourself from the business in terms of having it run under management with a great profit, then your job is completely internal. That's right. Uh, so that's, that's huge. And I think there's this term that I love, it's called out-team. Our role as a leader is to create a business that can out-team our competition. The team's yeah, yeah. so strong that we're always crushing the opposition. We're, we're more productive. Uh, we give better value. You know, our uh, quotes and bids come back quicker. And people just love using us. People want to work for us. Yeah. Out-team yep. the competition. Yeah, it's crucial. And I think, like, there's always a bit of a fear here where it's like, as I grow, you know, I want to out-team on my job is to grow the business. Yeah, and I, you know, I've got to keep to, you know, step number five as well and, and you know, not go below levels and, yeah, you know, I used to deal with all the people on the ground floor and now I don't. I only deal with these three or four people and isn't that terrible? I should go down to the ground floor and like make myself known. Um, please don't. 
Uh, remember that the people on the ground floor, it's nice for them to talk to you from time to time, sure, um, but they don't really need it. Um, they look up to their boss. Uh, and so your job at that point is to grow you know, your team for a while and then it's to grow your team of managers and then it's to grow a smaller team of managers above them, but it's always to grow your team and their job is to grow their team and their job is to grow their team. So this actually is a principle that applies at every level of leadership. Huge. And that every time you, you know, grow your uh, direct reports, whether it's technicians, managers or managers of managers, you elevate yourself That's to the right. next level of leadership, yep. uh, which, is, which is awesome. So key to success. That's it. All right. Secret number seven. Number seven. Mm, this is a toughie. Manage your emotions when dealing with frustrations or disappointments so you model great behaviour to your team. Ooh, mm. juicy. So uh, I'll give an example of where I didn't do this very well. Uh, I listened to a call and uh, I thought this hasn't gone well. The team didn't do a great job. Lyndon, who's in charge of our, uh, our sales chief, I went directly to him and said, what's wrong with this? What's going on here? Mm. Put him on the back foot. Terrible thing to do. Yeah. Much, much better would be to say, hey, bro, uh, love you to listen to this call and tell me what you think. Do you know what would be much, much better? What's that? Stay out of my job. <laughs> Probably honestly, true. Honestly, if you're yeah. listening to this, the actual better thing is Tony should have come in to me and said, hey, bro, be good if you listen to this. And then I would listen to it and go to Lyndon and say, hey, mate, you know, best you listen to this call and tell me what you think. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling Tony suitably to, told off and appropriately too. Yeah, or Tony going to Lyndon here is the is the wrong move. Mm. And I mean, the way you did it definitely, and that's yeah. all we want to talk about. But also, just just remember that also it wasn't, yeah. your, wasn't your job to do exactly. In uh, fairness to myself, you were away for that week. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, good leaders don't make excuses like I just did, so don't make excuses. Uh, right. But the thing is, you've got to be very mindful in the difficult situations of how you actually present yourself and how you deal with it because that models the behaviour that your team will follow and it tells your team what's acceptable and what's not. That's right. Uh, so here, here's another thing. As the leader, often you assume you know what's going on. You're like, oh, well, why don't they do this, that, and the other thing? But you can't assume that when your business is bigger because you do not have all the information. You do that's not right. know what actually happened. That's uh, it. And so that's why you need to ask your team, if you're a manager, ask your team to explain what happened. That's it. And get their perspective. Let them explain and there will be learnings there because as a leader, you do know stuff and you can see stuff from a high level. You just know some stuff. That's your experience and you should not ignore that. But you use that to help them understand stuff. So let them explain and then you can help them figure out and give some suggestions in a really positive and, and proactive manner. Not in that's, a, that's it. It's a constructive yeah. thing to do. It's like I'm going to help you get to a better outcome. But the fact is, is like, you know, they would have made a decision in a call at the time and so if you shut that down and just tell them they were wrong, they were wrong, they were wrong, next time they just won't take initiative. 100%. And uh, they'll either do nothing or they'll call you incessantly with a question about every little thing. So you've got to think about what behaviour you're reinforcing with your emotional reaction. That's right. And, yeah. and your, the behaviour you exhibit as the leader has such a massive impact on the culture and the way everyone performs. If, if you have a bigger business, you know, if you, if you start chewing your ops manager out, then they'll start chewing their four people and their tradespeople oh, out. Oh, I love that story. Do we have time for a little Zig Ziglar line? Let's go, yeah. oh, Ziggy. He talks about uh, this factory and he goes into um, this lady and she's working on switchboard. She's been working on switchboard for years, um, oh, like connecting phone calls or something like that. Back anyway, in the old days where you had to pull the plug, yeah. you wouldn't know anything about that. I wouldn't. But anyway, uh, so she's been working on it for years. She's great at her job. Um, and the boss has recently said he's going to butt out more and you know give everybody a little bit more control. And 
Anyway, she gets something wrong and the boss comes in and he tells her, you bloody got this wrong and you got this wrong and then this wasn't any good and he basically rips her out a new one and she goes, oh man, okay, yeah, sure, I won't do it again. But then you know, she was pretty mad, but if you think she was mad, you should have seen uh, the person who reported to her because she goes and she says, you know what, I you know, I didn't make this mistake, you made this mistake and now I've just worn it from the boss and blah, 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 and you, you've put me in such a bad position and blah, 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 and, you know, and now the, the assistant to the switchboard operator, oh, she is, she's mad. But if you think she was mad, you should have seen the person who she ran into in traffic that day, cut her off in traffic, and she's shouting out the window, you know, oh, God, you cut me off in traffic, you terrible bastard, oh, you shouldn't even be on the road, wonder who gave you a license. So the person who's just been yelled at, you know, they were mad. But if you think they were mad, you should have seen the, you know, their kid when they got home, they're like, come in, they're like, you know what, you haven't done your homework, you ripped your, you know, your clothes at school and like, oh, I told you a thousand times, put on your play clothes if you're going to be playing outside and get your homework done before I get home from work. I work hard all day, but... So the kid goes upstairs and they were mad, but if you think they were mad, she'll see their cat. Because uh, they come along and they give their cat a good old boot just to make up for the fact that they're mad. Now, wouldn't it have been a lot easier if the boss just came right down to that house and kicked the cat for him? It'll save everyone a little bit of trouble. And then Zig asks, uh, who's been kicking your cat lately? And more important, whose cat have you been kicking? So I think uh, keep that in mind when you're, good story. When you're going with it's Yeah, I need a bit of inspiration. Definitely listen, listen to uh, Zig Ziglar. He's dead oh, just now, Zig but he's good. He's a classic. He is. In fact, my dad used to listen to Zig Ziglar back when he was selling insurance, like, you know, many moons ago. I think if you haven't listened to any of Zig's stuff, you uh, do yourself a favour. You'll love it. Yeah. All right. Number let's eight. Let's get to number eight. Number eight. Uh, this is a biggie. Uh, but probably not one you think about. And maybe if you're just starting out or your, your business is sort of still small and growing, you may not realise this yet, but this is a biggie for leaders. You've got to get comfortable with doing less and not being so busy. That's it. As you free up time, you'll be doing uh, less hands-on work. Uh, you'll be doing less jobs out in the field. Uh, you'll be doing less pricing and you'll, you know, you'll build up the, the chain of command, as it were. And you're going to feel weird. You're going to actually feel like, well, I'm not busy. What is people thinking of me? I feel guilty because I'm not working as hard. Well, you get the old idle hands. Idle hands make yeah. uh, the devil's work. That's right. And so what you tend to do is you free up time, which you need to because you've got other things you need to learn. And the, the higher you are up in an organization, the more you need to think big picture and about what's happening and, and strategy and where you're going next, which takes time and, and, uh, and space, mental space. You've got to be very careful because what most of us do, we can't justify our existence by sticking our fingers back in places where they are not wanted. Yeah, that's right. You tend to meddle. And I think meddle. the point is, is if you're down in the weeds, you finally get out of the weeds. You don't know what to do up here in the fresh air, so you dive back down in the weeds rather than taking a big breath of fresh air. Yeah, and learning what you need to do next. This that's is a really, really important. And we've done a podcast a few episodes ago, which uh, you know was people lots of great comments about it was about the time-based economy versus the value-based economy yeah and what you tend to do uh, as a owner leader manager who've come up through the ranks you tend to base your value on the time-based economy i'm busy therefore i'm valuable i'm mm. i mean I've, i'm four sheets to the wind getting stuff done but you've got to switch it around to hey what's the value i contribute through the decisions i make and That's the actions it. that happen off my work now you could work 20 hours a week and be more valuable than someone 40 hours a week, or even 10 hours a week if you make the key decisions and put the key leverage points in place and work with your management team to make sure they're cracking it. This is the whole point of being in business. You want to make time. So yeah. don't stuff it up by making yourself busy because you feel bad. Well, we said earlier in Secret Six that your job as a leader is to grow your team. Uh, once you've grown that team, please let them do their job and you do yours. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the whole point is that you'll become less busy with the stuff that your team now takes off you. It's now their job. It's not your job anymore. 
let it be their job and figure out your new job and do that. Yeah. Don't and you go can, back down yeah, and you can provide coaching and mentoring to your team. That's it. It's awesome. Help them be great. All right. Those are the eight secrets. Yeah, this Should has been we land fun. We'll land this plane. So being a great leader is a crucial part of creating a profitable, fun-to-own business that actually gives you a killer lifestyle uh, for you and your family. Remember these eight secrets as you grow your business and you'll crush it. Thanks heaps for listening, team. We'll catch you all again next time on the Profitable Trading Podcast. Next week on the Profitable Trading Podcast. The importance of your on-the-job profit cannot be overstated. It's the engine room of your trading or your service-based business. Yet many business owners are winging their pricing and doing little to check the profitability of the jobs that they've completed. The result is one of two things. First, the business is struggling for money. Or second, you as the business owner are missing out on thousands of dollars of profit that you could and should be making. Tune into today's podcast where we discuss why you need to be a gun at driving your on-the-job profit and how to get better at it. If you're serious about taking your service business to the next level, be sure to check out our show notes for a copy of our free book, The Profitable Trady, and other valuable resources to help you on your journey. And don't forget to hit the follow button and stay up to date with our latest episodes. That's all for today, folks. We hope you found this episode of The Profitable Trady Podcast helpful and informative. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one.